0: Welcome to Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Wednesday, October 21st, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. College football is on the agenda today, and we start with the Sunflower Showdown, the annual clash between Kansas State and Kansas. The game's in Manhattan this year. Beat writers Kellis Robinette and Gary Badour are here to break it down and answer the question, to whom does this game mean more? We have our ideas. After a break, we talk Mizzou with Soichi Tirada. The Tigers have a big game on Saturday in Columbia against Kentucky, the program that's frustrated them more than any in the SEC over the last five years. So it's a college football day, and let's get started talking Sunflower Showdown. Catlas Robinette and Gary Bedore are here, and we're going to talk about the Sunflower Showdown. The Sunflower Showdown. It's a uh, It's a football game between kansas state and kansas this year it's in manhattan and k-state is gunning for i believe uh consecutive victory number 382 in this series (laughs) something like that
1: round up to 400
0: it's around there so you know it's not i guess for anybody who knows the history of the series kansas leads leads it overall right by you know by 20 or so wins or maybe 15 but Kansas state's won all of the games just about over the last uh, 25 or 30 years except for that brief stint with Mark Mangino so uh, yeah. what is this what is this game um uh, what, what's the importance of this game I, I would think for Kansas State you got to keep it going they're in the polls and, um, and and this is maybe the last the last opportunity where Kansas State's going to be a big favorite in the game is that right Kellis?
1: Uh, it is every game after this is probably a toss up for them. And, uh, this one, they're 20 point favorites basically. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, if you're Kansas state, this is your best chance to improve and really your only remaining chance to get it, get a nice lead going and, uh, get some, get some young guys into the game and get them some experience that they might not otherwise get. Um, just from, a, I mean, a overall traditional perspective, this is a, always a game. Kansas State fans, they they can't stomach to lose. They can't really even stomach to think about not covering the spread. And um, just uh, with all the positive momentum they've built here this season with their last three wins, beating Oklahoma, getting into the rankings, they got to keep that going with uh, their hardest game still coming up.
0: Yeah, it gives Will Howard a chance too to get more game. Reps, right, and that's that's pretty big for the freshman quarterback uh, when he what he faces the rest of the season. So, and Gary, you've covered a you've covered many many KU K State football games, and uh, and you've seen KU lose many many KU K State football games. Um, and their chances of winning this one uh, are slim anyway. But they decreased with the news this week that Puka Williams has opted out. What do we know about that?
2: Well, he, he uh, cited family health reasons. His mother, uh, he said, was the most important thing. So he opted out, and will be going back to Louisiana, um, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. It's a 0-4 team that's been blown out in every game, and they've got a first-team All-Big 12 running back who has just left the team. It would almost sound like rock bottom, you know, for the program. Uh, And here it's only year two of the Les Miles era. Now, you can't really blame a guy for going home for for health reasons of a family member, but that doesn't really happen very often with guys that were preseason Heisman. I mean, he wasn't going to win that, but, again, first team all Big 12 two years in a row he he hasn't had a good game yet he he's under 200 yards for the season rushing but he did return a kickoff 92 yards for a touchdown last week but anyway that you would think KU hey, would be going into Manhattan kind of kind of shaken even more than an Owen 4 team that's been blown out <clears throat> four straight games so that's that's pretty much what's going on here Puka's gone and he was the guy uh, the small fan base that follows football really loved. So it's kind of like, like I said, maybe rock bottom.
1: Wasn't it last year they lost a running back right before they played TCU and just got mauled in that game? That's right.
2: Uh, And I think it was Herbert who is starring from West Virginia right now. I mean, uh, Virginia Tech. Uh, Was that his name? I didn't cover the team last year, but it was... I
1: believe so, yeah. I know he transferred to Virginia Tech, so...
2: Yeah, that's um, him, and he, he's excelling for them. <laughs> so that's another uh, crazy thing about this season. This guy that left uh, in the middle of the season is now doing very well. He was okay here, yeah, Khalil,
0: K- Khalil Herbert. Yeah. Um, remember? Yep. So, yeah, what a... So a blow for Kansas in a season where they don't need additional bad news, um, you know, Gary. I, I, you know, you and I, we have been covering KU football and basketball games, uh, or going over there for games for a long time. And there, look, there was a there was a time when this game was kind of a toss up, right? The Glenn Mason, Bill, Bill Snyder early years, it was a coin flip type of game, and there were some competitive games, but once Bill Snyder got it rolling. In Manhattan, it ceased to become competitive. Yeah. And Kansas State just took it to the Jayhawks year after year after year until Mark Mangino got to KU and Kansas won, I think, all three meetings against uh, the Wildcats when Ron Prince was the head coach. And then Snyder returned, and it was and then Mangino left, and it was back to, you know, a dominant uh, series for for the Wildcats. You now we were kidding around before we started talking about. You know who this game means more to, and 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 it should mean a lot to KU because year in, year out there, they're having poor seasons, and they can they could point to this big rivalry game as you know it doesn't matter what else we do as long as we you know you know beat K State. Well, they never beat K State. Yeah, and conversely, you know I can remember. Um, you know going to manhattan and looking in their trophy case one year and seeing the the trophy that's i don't know what they hand out i guess it's a trophy right for the the it's winner the of cup. the game governor's cup governor's cup thank you very much and it was prominently displayed in the trophy case like they were proud of that you know along with all their bowl trophies so calisher you you've got you've got your finger on the pulse as well as anybody here it when it comes to K- kansas state they really really want to win this game don't they
1: yeah, and that really goes back to the way Snyder approached it. You mentioned that, yeah, not only did they, did he display it prominently in their main trophy showcase. If you ever walked into the football, the old football facility here, they only they had one trophy case uh, in the front entrance area, and it was reserved solely for the Governor's Cup. Um, And when (laughs) Kansas State lost, when the few occasions they lost the Sunflower Showdown, that that, uh, case went empty all year. They didn't put one of their Big 12 trophies in there or something else. No bowl trophies. Just set set empty as a uh, daily reminder to every player that they lost that game. So it it struck me as kind of funny yesterday when I heard uh, Wyatt Hubert say that KU players look at this game as their Super Bowl. Um, I think for a long time it's been the reverse, which is part of the reason why um, Kansas state has just been so dominant in this series. Not only did they have the more talent, uh, the better coaching and all that stuff. Um, but they, they seem to be much more motivated for this game too. It seems like every year it's unbelievable that, uh, K state just brings out the, the string of, uh, in-state players who say, KU never recruited them, but they wanted to play for KU. And now it's like their, uh, their mission every year to make, to make them miserable in the football field. It should be the other way around. And uh, until that changes, uh, it, it, this is going to be a lopsided and very boring rivalry, in my opinion.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I, I read that story. That that was really interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's you're and you're right, Kellis. We hear it. We hear it often that uh, in-state in players, especially from the the, the the eastern part of the state, right? Kansas City, Lawrence, Topeka, you know, Douglas County and Shawnee County. Those those players. Um. You know, tend to um, you know they want to be recruited by KU, and and in, you know most cases weren't, and they end up at Kansas State, and makes for they good press conference. they
1: Lawrence really well too lately, so that that adds another element to it.
0: Okay, well, what do we expect on on Saturday? Eleven a.m. kick, right? Um, uh, first uh, first time slot for college football, and as I said, the game is in Manhattan. Um, Listen. Some years this game has been close. Uh, Kansas doesn't win it, but um, but but Kansas has had a couple of teams that have kept this game within, probably uh, inside the, the the betting line. Do we think that might happen on Saturday?
2: I don't know. Um, when KU led West Virginia ten to nothing, they kind of dominated the first quarter, and then they ended up getting blown out. So I would guess without Puka although Velton Gardner actually leads the team in rushing. uh, If K-State treats it like they normally do and care and don't overlook them and all that, you would think this would be another blowout for K-State. But one of the K-State players, I was listening to the replay of some of the audio yesterday, said that um, KU had some good players, and they actually do. So – Uh, they've got a few individual players that are pretty good, like some of these receivers, but the quarterback situation has been so bad that they haven't really had many big plays. They also have a few good young players on defense, but the linemen on both sides have not done that well at all. So my guess is it should be K-State over the 20-point spread, but – like I said, they led West Virginia 10-0, and it was a game at halftime. So who knows? But I I would think K-State, if they want it and play like they have been, would win easily.
1: I actually think there's a, a chance that KU covers here. Um, I'm not super confident in it. I certainly wouldn't put money on it. I'd actually stay away from the bet, from the betting line in this one, if there's anything I was going to bet on to be the under. Um, and the the reason I say that is just because historically over the last couple of years, um, Kansas state really hasn't, you know, the days of them beating KU 64, um, nothing haven't been there last year. They went tw- by 28 year before that by four year before that by 10 year before that 15. I mean, none of those games were really ever like super in doubt other than the one, two years ago, but, but KU, you know, to their credit, found a way to at least cover the spread. And, um, just looking back at, at both these teams in their last game, you've got Kansas State with a freshman quarterback that only scored one offensive touchdown against TCU. And mm-hmm. then Kansas, they're coming off a game in which they only scored one offensive touchdown against West Virginia, and that was on a fluky play with a tip pass. I think there's um, a possibility for this just to be a low-scoring kind of slog, maybe like 27-10, to 10, something like that, and KU covers that way. Um, but that's also me, maybe giving KU a little bit too much credit here, because just like Gary said, if you take away that 10-0 start, then it's uh, you know then it's a real blowout in West Virginia, and if that doesn't happen here, then uh, maybe K State does pull away. So I'm certainly not going to underestimate KU's ability to come in and just play so badly that K State does win by a huge margin. But they haven't beaten anybody by more than 10 points all year. I think the uh, I, I just don't see like a 50-point margin coming.
0: And we know Les Miles will be back on the sideline, right, Gary, after yeah, we in the West uh, Virginia game?
2: Everything was on target Monday. He was to return to practice. But uh, there's we haven't heard anything since then. But, yeah, he should be there.
0: Okay. Hey, let's switch it up to basketball real quick before we uh, uh, exit. Uh, KU's late night in the fog has a date – And it doesn't really have a site, though, does it? Uh, Gary, tell us about uh, Late Night in the Fog.
2: 7 p.m. Friday, it'll be streamed on uh, KU Athletics on Facebook, and I believe it's on some TV stations. Uh, It's already been taped, most of it, I heard. So there won't be anything live going on in the field house I think they've already even had their little 10 minute scrimmage. So it's a TV show that, uh, will have, you know, some of the, I think they'll do one skit even self usually, uh, is interviewed during the scrimmage, a short little scrimmage, the women will scrimmage too, but it's made for TV and it'll be on seven o'clock Friday. Alan's okay. the house, but, uh, at that actual time, nothing will be going on in Allen Fieldhouse because it's it's already over. It's taped. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Another
0: another uh, another COVID affected yeah. event, yep. uh, as as they all are. So, and um, and us the, the the Big Twelve SEC Challenge Series pairings announced earlier today. You know I, when I saw that. And I saw where Kansas State's playing Texas A and M. I thought, is A and M back in the Big Twelve? Because it seems like they always play Texas A and M. When do they not play yeah. Texas A and M?
1: It's unbelievable. This will be like their seventh meeting since they left the conference.
0: <laughs> I know. And uh, and KU uh, at Tennessee. That's that's a big challenge. Tennessee's supposed to be really good this year, aren't they, Gary?
2: Yeah, they are. And uh, KU leads the all time series four to one with most of the games recent. So Tennessee under Rick Barnes is going to want that one badly. Should be a good game in uh, Knoxville.
0: And Missouri, we'll talk to Suichi Torada here in a second. Missouri back in the Big Twelve SEC Challenge, taking on TCU, one of the uh, one of the other marquee games. Baylor uh, against Auburn looks like a would be a good game as well. So, okay for Calis Robinette and Gary Bedore, it was great talking to you guys, and we will do it again soon. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer, and as always, thanks for listening. Suichi Torada's is here. Hey, Suichi.
3: Hey, Blair. How's it going? Uh, this isn't quite sunflower territory, but glad you're still speaking to me.
0: It's the big one, the big one in uh, Manhattan this weekend. KU, K State, not really that big. Um, it's not, and it's not because Kansas football has been so bad for for so long that it's it's just not. I mean, I know you're familiar with Michigan, Michigan State, and there are there are great college football rivalries around the country. Kansas, Kansas State is a rivalry. It's not a great rivalry. It's just, it just in football, it just it just isn't. So and. You know, Kansas fans would say in basketball, it's it's the opposite, right? I mean, um, the Jayhawks just dominate in, in hoops, but it's 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 too bad because it's the one game that when seasons aren't going well, which is the sort of a a, a definition of a rivalry when your season's not going well. At least you have that game, but they don't have that game. So, Blair, the
3: the more you speak about KU football on this podcast, I think a lot of Mizzou fans will be happy. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, if you diss them, right? <laughs> so, um, all right, but let's let's talk about the big game. It's not Ku, but UK that Missouri has coming up on on Saturday. Big, big game, as far as I'm concerned for for both programs that have found some footing after rough starts. I mean, uh, this is a this is kind of a sneaky good game, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I, one, I'm glad there is a game. I think <laughs> just with the, you know, tipsing turning, you you go from Vanderbilt, Florida, Kentucky to not Vanderbilt, Kentucky than Florida, so a lot, a lot for the Mizzou football team to just kind of adjust on the fly. But I guess it's 2020. But yeah, Blair, I mean, this is I'm I'm really looking forward to this game. Kentucky's right around a six point favorite, which. It seems right about maybe right. I think maybe if it was a little closer, Mizzou fans would probably be happier. Uh, I had a few people tweet at me, hey, I would take Mizzou with that line all day. And I'm like, well, you know, Kentucky's kind of coming off a couple of great wins, you know, against Mississippi State and Kentucky, or and not Kentucky, excuse me, Tennessee. But you know what, Blair? Uh, you know, I'm writing a story right now that should kind of go up within the next few hours. Kentucky has forced nine turnovers in the last two games, they've given up nine points, and two of those points were on safeties. So that's not on the defense. So that that Wildcats defense, um, for better or for worse, is playing great, and that's kind of an, an anomaly in the SEC right now, just because of what we've seen in scores and coaches being asked, you know, about the scoring outburst. So yeah, like you like you said though, Blair, I, I'm looking forward to this game. One, that is happening, but two, it, it's kind of sneakily pretty good. Um, the Wildcats have obviously. Had Mizzou's number for the past five years, but I think, uh, you know, New Regime, New Zoo, and all that kind of stuff. So maybe Mizzou has something uh, maybe a little different uh, compared to the past uh, half decade.
0: Yeah, a couple things. Um, you know, you, you mentioned the Kentucky turnovers. They didn't force any in their first two games, which they lost, and and now they've forced a bunch in the next two, which they won. And the line, I think, is where it is because there is a common opponent here, right, Tennessee, Missouri ends up losing by multiple scores to the Volunteers, and then Kentucky just puts a beat down on on Tennessee. So I think that's where the perception maybe of the game comes from. And also, not that uh, you you read stuff like this when you go on uh, you know betting line uh, services uh, services on the on the websites and look. Kentucky has won, was it 5 in a row in the series? It's yep, I think Missouri, Missouri won the first 3 when after joining the SEC, but Kentucky mm-hmm. hasn't lost since then and this is a program that Missouri fans I think would say, "Listen, we should be equal to or better than." I mean, when with our football history and, and heritage and uh, compared to Kentucky's. It's one thing for Kentucky to, to dominate in basketball, but football is supposed to be, you know, not that way. And Kentucky has found ways to really, really frustrate Missouri, not just beat them, but, but, but beat them in, in ways that just leave Missouri fans just angry. Um, <laughs> plays at the end of games, you know, just... Um, you know, it just doesn't seem right that uh, Kentucky's won, uh, th- that the breaks have gone Kentucky's way in the recent series with, with Missouri. So maybe things change. But again, the perception is such that uh, Kentucky's, you know, playing really good ball right now. But heck, Missouri's had two week, will have had two weeks right to savor the, the LSU victory and to, uh, build off of that. And we know that there are some depth chart changes for the Tigers. Tell tell us about that.
3: Yeah, Blair, first thing I just want to say, we won't talk too much about the 2018 game, just because I know some Mizzou fans. Oh, will man. Start, uh, oh
0: start right?
3: <laughs> I, uh, I'm sure we'll get some emails or tweets about even mentioning that game in um, a certain end zone as well. I know uh, Mizzou fans yep. hate. Um, <laughs> moving on from that, yeah, uh, a lot of depth chart changes. Pretty much the biggest ones you're going to see are at three spots at a wide receiver. You. you I think I was a little bit shocked. Maybe not shocked, but I was a little surprised to see Damon Hazleton was listed as a backup. Um, then you have Deontay Boo Smith, Kansas City native, Raytown guy, um, and, and Michael Wilson listed as co-starters. And then that the other starting wide receiver outside spot is uh, Kiki Chisholm and Toski Dove. So, obviously, Chisholm and Hazleton missed the LSU game because of COVID-19 reasons, and that, that's kind of what happens, you know, in 2020, and you can be knocked out two weeks It is what it is. And maybe that's, maybe the bet are reflective of, you know, just practice reps and all that, but that's kind of a surprising spot at wide receiver. And the other one is punt returner, just because, you know, Mizzou has muffed three points on the season so far. And and that's, you just can't have that, especially, you know, they were able to kind of make do with it against LSU, but really like that's as Bear Bannister said, who who muffed the punt against Alabama, that's unacceptable. So they'll have to fix that. And the last spot is uh, on the defensive line. I mean, they're, pretty banged up down there. Uh, obviously they were missing three of the top four uh, defensive tab- tackles against LSU. And um, they only really get one back just because uh, Darius Robinson and Kobe Whiteside are still dealing with injuries. So you're, you you see some shuffling there. Um, Mizzou has actually kind of had this buck linebacker spot who hasn't had their hand on the ground. So that's, you know, that's John Jeffco who rejoined the team, you know, this, this year during training camp and everything. And then, yeah, Trey Williams on the DN spot, and then you got a lot more shuffling around. So I'm I'm kind of curious to see how that D line looks because they played great against LSU, but we'll see how they are against this very stout Kentucky offensive line. And and Kentucky is a run first offense, so that that's really that's kind of where you have to hone in on, I guess, this Saturday. So so we'll see how it goes. I'm I'm I think it's a good test for Mizzou just because Tennessee and Alabama are two of the best you know offensive line probably in the SEC and Kentucky probably isn't too far behind them. So now, now that you're dealing with some injury bugs and you're coming off the LSU win and you had a, you know, you had a week to kind of heal up and everything, but this is this will be a very good test for Mizzou, I think, uh, going forward. Uh, the last seven games of the season.
0: And it's full steam ahead with Connor Basilac, isn't it?
3: Yeah, Connor. You know, I didn't even mention it just because he. I, it would be weird. I, and it, obviously Mizzou didn't do it, but he did throw for you know more than 400 yards for touchdowns. Um, the thing is, Blair, I'm very curious about is that, you know, during what was mentioned, like, Bazelag is still so very inexperienced as a quarterback just because of, you know, he played in that wishbone-style offense in high school. So he, he really didn't get that much up, that many opportunities that pass the ball. And so, because I was mentioned, you know, multiple times that it, we're still, you know, is still easing him in. You know, Kentucky will play, you know, some soft coverage, some schemes, some coverages that like probably has never seen in his career. So, then, you know, that secondary's been playing real well for Kentucky nine interceptions in two games so very very curious to see how Bezel liked that just because of how green he is
0: yeah uh, but look he he certainly he's solved the, the LSU defense passed for more than 400 yards was the was the mm-hmm. SEC freshman of the week that for that week just a great start and uh, I guess we should say Terry Wilson the Kentucky quarterback got off to a really slow start uh, and has has really played well the last couple of weeks in the, in the two victories for the Wildcats. So, um, all right, let's, let's switch it real quick. Uh, Soichi, that, uh, the, the, uh, big, big 12 sec or sec big 12 basketball challenge <laughs> schedule, uh, was released today. And it's, uh, it, it's not a, common occurrence that missouri is involved in this right all 10 big 12 yep. teams are always in it and because there are 14 in the sec four have to sit out and missouri has done its share of sitting out of this challenge series but they're back in it who are they who are they playing and uh and what do we know about it
3: well mizzou is playing t- tcu um it, it's funny blair you mentioned that they don't play it in it too much. And when they do play in it, it, it never ends up with those, you know, historical rivals because now, you know, fourth time they're in it, they play TCU, they played West Virginia twice, and they played Oklahoma once. So it's only that, you know, it's only that one game against the Sooners in their four games in this challenge that they've played, you know, historical Big Eight rivals, even Big 12 rivals, you know. So it's, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a weird thing for Mizzou. I know fans are, were very much so, hey, we, we would love to play you know, these, these you know, historic rivalries that we haven't done in, in you know, years. And now that the border war is off with KU, maybe it would have been a nice year to for Mizzou to kind of get that, you know, historical taste. But unfortunately, they won't. Um, it makes sense. So TCU finished 16 and 16. Uh, I wrote about it. They were actually one of the rare teams around the country to actually finish their season because uh, they lost in the first round to K-State in the Big 12 tournament. So they, I guess, you know, that's, that's just how TCU was. Mizzou was 15 and 16, obviously, last year before the SEC tournament was shut down because of COVID. So, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, rankings-wise, I guess, uh, based off of last year, it, it makes sense. But I, I'm sure Mizzou fans would have loved to play you know, Oklahoma State or you know, <laughs> really anybody yeah. else that they do have a history against.
0: For sure. And look, they, they were supposed to play Kansas this year at Sprint Center. We know that that game's been uh, – delayed for a season they put the sprint center game on the back end of the six-year contract
3: that's t-mobile center
0: now right oh gosh (laughs) thank you thank you suichi for correcting me you will have to continue to correct me because it will will, for a long time will be sprint center to me you're right absolutely t-mobile center so okay uh mizzou kentucky 3 p.m kickoff at Field on the SEC network uh kentucky is a like a touchdown favor in that game really looking forward to seeing it so great catching up with you and we'll talk again next week all right thanks boy that'll do it for today thanks to our production staff of Derek donovan randy mason beth welsh jeff rosen chris fickett and savannah smith the tip of the cap to soichi tirada Kallis Robinette and Gary Bedore for talking Sunflower, Showdown, and Mizzou. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we got another deal for you, especially for those who want a deep dive into the stars' terrific Chiefs coverage. For a limited time, you can subscribe to Sports Pass for $0.99 a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. This includes our Chiefs coverage, colleges, Royals, Sporting Kansas City, everything. Here's how you get it. Go to kansascity.com sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com sportspass2020. If you want more than sports coverage, and I do, check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features commentary and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all the deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of these offers, send me an email at bkirkoff at kcstar.com and I'll get you to the right place. Whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening and we'll be back on Thursday with another episode.